Hello, spooky friends. It's your favorite creep and narrator, Blair Bathory. As something scary, we welcome everyone, whether you're a little devil or a full-grown ghoul. Please enjoy the weekly curation of macabre delights as a family or alone in your own crypt. Infants and children represent innocence and hope for the future of our world. They need to be nurtured and protected by those who love them. But because kids can be so helpless, it leaves them vulnerable to sources of evil. They make for easy prey sought after by bad actors for their youth. So we must look out for them, because if we're not careful, they could be taken by the dark side. First, an unwanted guest, followed by the feral child. Then, don't let them in. Finally, in our featured story, A Face in the Dark. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So, want to hear something scary? Children of Evil. J.J. looked around the hotel lobby in awe. He still found it hard to believe sometimes how far he'd come. Just a small-town boy, 
He'd played hoops in school well enough to earn a scholarship and then through hard work, dedication, and talent, got scouted for the NBA. Now here he was, staying at a fancy hotel, the Skirvin, ready to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. He joined the rest of the team late due to a family issue, but they welcomed him for dinner before they all headed off to bed early, coach's orders, so they'd be rested for the big game the following day. JJ headed to his room and took a long, hot bath. The room quickly filled with steam and he almost dozed off in the tub. He chuckled as he got out and began to towel off. He looked at his reflection in the mirror to gauge if he needed to shave when he gave a gasp. There was writing on the glass, now visible due to the steamy air. Someone had written the words, get out. Since JJ was alone, he merely presumed one of his teammates had written it before he'd arrived late, and it was just a silly prank. Almost got me, he thought, wiping off the mirror so he could see his face. He got into bed and began to read, his favorite way to try and relax and be able to sleep before the nerves kicked in. After just a few pages, his eyes began to droop, so he put the book down and shut off the light. He was just dozing off when the crying started. It took him a moment to register, but he quickly realized it was a baby. Having grown up the eldest of five, he knew that sound anywhere. Just his luck to be put in a room next to what sounded like a newborn. He tossed and turned for a bit as the crying got louder and more intense. Sounded like the poor kid had colic, but he really needed his sleep. He got up and decided to poke his head into the hallway. Oddly, he couldn't hear the crying then. Yet, as soon as he stepped back into his room, the wailing continued through the wall. He decided to pop in his headphones and listen to some calming music, maybe a meditation podcast instead. At least that way he could drown out the noise and hopefully the parents could get the infant back to sleep. JJ was just drifting off again when he felt something like cold air being blown in his face along with a heavy feeling on his chest. He bolted upright, knocking off his headphones. The room was silent and empty. He heard a noise and realized it was his own heart thumping in his ears. It must have been a dream, he decided feeling foolish. At least the baby is quiet now. He lay back down feeling more relaxed when all of a sudden the screaming started up again, even louder than before, coupled with more blasts of cold air right into his face. This time when he opened his eyes, he wasn't alone. JJ screamed along with the baby as he saw the figure sat on the bed in front of him. She was young, dressed in old-fashioned chambermaid clothing. She also appeared to be flickering in and out of focus like the tracking on an old VHS tape. He backed away from her, pulling his knees up to his chest and whimpering. The baby's crying reached a crescendo just as the specter opened its mouth impossibly wide and screeched, Get out! JJ didn't need telling twice and he flew out of the room and down to the reception in absolute terror. The night manager looked at him in surprise. <sighs> room 149, JJ panted. The baby won't stop crying. The night manager frowned in confusion. There is no one in that room. You are the only one on that floor, sir. There's no maid either? The manager shook her head and went back to her work. JJ felt foolish now. Some of the initial fear had worn off. Maybe it had just been a nightmare induced by anxiety ahead of his big game tomorrow. He sheepishly headed back up to his room, tentatively peeking in the door and feeling relieved to find it empty, warm, and silent. 
he got back into bed, wrapped himself in the sheets, and fell asleep. The second time it happened, he knew it couldn't be a dream. The sheets were soaked in blood, and when he looked down at his torso, there were deep scratches and torn skin. He moaned in pain and then saw a slight movement in the corner of the room, impossibly fast and again flickering like an old TV. The entity reappeared, huge eyes jet black as it unhinged its jaw. He didn't wait for the warning this time, simply flew out the room and spent the remainder of the night curled up in a stall in the lobby restroom. Poor JJ. He didn't know the history of the Skirvin Hotel. Didn't know that the original manager was a creep who impregnated his chambermaid, who then threw herself off the balcony, killing both herself and the unborn child. For decades since, people have heard the ghostly cries of a phantom baby or felt her presence. Sometimes she just wants some fun. Other times she can be enraged and attempt to exact revenge on an unsuspecting guest. And one day she might just scare someone to death. Have you ever heard an unexplained crying sound? Did you investigate? Would you be brave enough to actively look for the origin of that sound? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Sometimes when we get what we want, we refuse to see it's too good to be true until it's too late. Like in this story inspired by Bella Labette and Diablo Guapo. Thank you to our Patreon crystal, whose name we use in this story. It was Pete's idea to take our vacation on the beaches of Los Angeles, California. It was the end of summer, so it was crowded. 
we chose a spot as far away from people as possible. That was how we found her. A little toddler waddling on the loneliest part of the beach. She had messy dark hair, dirty torn clothes, but her big blue eyes sparkled with bliss. We instantly fell in love with her. We looked around to see if she had any family nearby, but there was no one close by except for a handful of homeless people under the pier. No one seemed to be looking for her, and she didn't seem distressed as if she'd just wandered off from her parents. Someone must have left her here all by herself, Pete mused as he scooped her into his arms. I didn't want to let her go. We should have taken her to the police. We knew that was the right thing to do. But since we were from out of state, adopting her could have taken months. The idea of going through all the red tape felt unnecessarily tedious. Besides, after what the doctors told us about Pete's condition, this seemed too tempting. We deserved a child. She deserved a family. She was a gift from God. We returned home to Oregon with the child in tow. The first two weeks with our new daughter, Crystal, were the most joyful I could remember. But I'll admit, there was something off about her behavior. She was almost feral, biting and scratching when we tried to put her down for a nap. She'd get angry if we tried to feed her, insisting on shoveling down food with her hands. Poor thing must have had to fend for herself. We often found her hiding under our bed, still seeming shy and untrusting. The only thing that kept us patient was Crystal's big, innocent blue eyes. After all, we had no idea what she'd been through. Soon, after we began to settle into a routine as a family, we noticed wild dogs hanging around our property, barking throughout the night. They sounded so vicious, I thought maybe they were coyotes. Then one night, I was taking out the trash when I noticed, behind the streetlights, a pair of yellow eyes staring at me from the darkness. I was stunned, held into place by their eerie glow. I thought it was just another of the stray dogs, until it stepped out of the shadows and into the streetlight. Judging by the massive size of the shadow, it had to be a bear. I cautiously backed towards the door, only breaking eye contact to look for the handle, when I looked back, there were more yellow orbs peering from the darkness. I barely hustled into the house when the outside air was filled with a bellowing howl. I wasted no time slamming the door. Honey, please, Pete scolded as he gently cradled Crystal. She was just about to fall asleep. Peter, there's a bear out. I didn't have time to finish. A series of loud bangs rattled the door. Pete and I exchanged a nervous glance. Then came a horrific noise that couldn't possibly be made from a human vocal cord, yet sounded like a name. Sonata, Sonata. Someone or something roared from outside. They chanted so loudly, it was like thunder echoing through the house. Pete and I shuddered while Crystal, now quiet, just stared ahead unafraid. If anything, she seemed excited, a strange smile on her face. Finally, the front door gave way and fell off its hinges, pushed down by the weight of something heavy on the other side. Our home was filled with the snarls and howls of angry animals, things with pointy ears and giant paws. Instantly, we were surrounded by at least a dozen large slavering wolves. Pete stood between them and me and Crystal, but a massive silver wolf pounced, pinning him to the floor. I tried my best to shield Crystal from the attack, but another gray wolf topped me over, causing me to lose grip on her. 
a third black wolf firmly snatched Crystal in her jaws and carried her off to the corner. As the wolf crouched over her, I heard a high-pitched shriek from Crystal. I scrambled on the floor, trying to claw my way to save her, but the gray wolf had me trapped, his putrid hot breath panting on my face. I watched terrified and was unable to move as one of them opened its jaws about to take Crystal's head off when it began to lick her and she was giggling. Her giggle slowly turned into a low growl. Then I noticed her bright blue eyes matched that of the black furred beast. My heart broke as I saw the resemblance. My baby belonged to these monsters. But then my body relaxed under the weight of the wolf. I wasn't going to fight it anymore. I now knew I'd been wrong to take her in the first place. She hadn't belonged to me and would have never really fit in. She wasn't even human. Before his maw lunged for my neck, as the wolves sank their teeth into our flesh, I looked over at Selena, now as a fully transformed black wolf cub. With bright blue eyes and dark fur, she looked perfectly at ease sitting beside her mother. My last comforting thought was, at least she's back with her family, the family she deserves. Have you ever wanted something so much that you took it even though it was wrong? Were there consequences? Or did you get away with it? The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's difficult to let go of the past, particularly when it follows you and won't let go. Like in this story, inspired by Sarah. Edger smiled as she looked around her apartment. It smelt new, fresh paint on the walls, clean carpets, and it was much smaller than the family home had been. She needed that as her husband, Bert, had passed away earlier that year in a car accident. She was no longer able to maintain such a large house and yard even with her son's help. Thank goodness for Owen, he'd been such a blessing during this tough time, helping her with the move, keeping her company and making sure she got to work on time each day. Edra worked in the office of a bustling high school. There was always a ton of work to get through, plenty to keep her mind busy. Of course, it was only natural for her coworkers to keep an eye on her, ensuring she was coping with the tragic loss. Nime was always checking in on her, seeing if there was anything he could do to help. Edra liked to keep her private life private, but she appreciated Nime's friendship in the office. One day, not long after she moved into the new building, Nayim began fussing around her even more, checking on how she was getting on with the changes. He always seemed confused by her answers, especially the days she was doing well. It exasperated Edra. It went without saying that she missed her husband terribly, that she'd purposefully bought an apartment close to work so she didn't have to drive. But she still had Owen, a reason to keep going, someone to cook for her and talk to. Still, whenever she appeared cheerful, rather than red-eyed and puffy-faced from crying, Nayim was always trying to slip her pamphlets about help groups specializing in family loss. But Edra didn't think she needed grief counseling. Besides, talking to other people who had lost family members sounded depressing. 
But that afternoon, she arrived back at the apartment close to tears. Naim had gone behind her back and told the principal he thought Edra was in desperate need of support with her bereavement. How could he do that? She ran it and raved about how Naim had the audacity to suggest she was behaving oddly and that it might be affecting her work. Apparently, I zone out, she seethed. Oh, this is a good one, Owen. I also make phone calls, but no one is there. Huh, maybe he needs to see a counselor. The man is paranoid, she thought, still annoyed as she tried to get to sleep that night. He's obsessed. Maybe I should invite him over for dinner, prove that I am doing okay. And so with the promise of her famous meatballs, she asked Naim if he would like to see the apartment and join her for dinner. He, of course, accepted. He'd been friends with Edra before the tragic accident, had chatted with her husband about football at the facility holiday party. His concern was legitimate and he only wanted to help her find support. He couldn't even imagine the heartache she must have gone through, was still trying to deal with. He was certain her cheery disposition was just an act and inside she was broken. He desperately hoped this dinner invitation was her way of admitting she needed support from her friends. Remembering she no longer had a yard, he bought her a pot plant she could pop on the windowsill, his nose twitching as he inhaled the smell of marinara sauce walking up to the door. Come on in, she greeted him, ushering him into the kitchen where the pans on the stove were bubbling and the table had been set. Make yourself at home. Would you like a beer? Naim looked at the table and frowned. Are we expecting someone else to join us? He asked. There were three place settings laid, three sets of cutlery, glasses, napkins. No, Edra replied, not turning around, stirring the sauce. It's just the three of us, you, me, and Owen, of course. Naim was silent for a moment. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, Owen? This time Edra turned around, the wooden spoon dripping thick tomato sauce onto her apron. Yes, Owen, my son who lives with me here, who I talk about all the time at work. She walked to the table and fussed with the place settings. Here, you sit by the door. Owen likes to see out the window. Nyan blinked several times before asking in a small voice. And Owen is here now? Edra looked at him as if he were stupid. Well, of course he is. What a bizarre question. Why on earth would you even ask that? Naim sighed deeply before responding. Because Edra, well, because Owen is dead. He died with your husband in the car accident. Owen can't be here. He's buried with your husband in your family plot. When you lose someone, it can be devastating. Have you been able to imagine that person being with you? How do you know it's your imagination or if it's real? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of being the new kid. It's never fun and becoming invisible can seem like the easier option, but sometimes it might actually be better to hide than reveal our true selves. Inspired by Denisha Saunders and animated over on our YouTube channel. Jaden moved away from his family for college so he could focus on his studies. He felt like he had finally earned some independence being apart from his loving family. It wasn't until he received an invitation to a baby shower that he learned his sister was pregnant. 
and he began to question his decision to live so far away. At her shower, his sister received a high-tech baby monitor. The entire family was given the password so they could access the monitor and watch the little newborn from anywhere in the world. Jaden didn't have time to log in for the first few months. It wasn't until he began having terrible bouts of insomnia that he started to watch the camera feed in the nursery. He found it calming. There was no sound, just the sight of the baby watching something so small, sleeping so contently really set his mind at ease. One night, he noticed the baby shift slightly in his crib as if something had disturbed his sleep for a split second, an unhuman-like face peered up from behind the bars of the crib before quickly dropping from sight. It was there long enough to register, but short enough to be passed off as a trick of the light. He rubbed the sleep out of his eyes and focused on the screen for the next 10 minutes. He tried to catch a glimpse of whatever might be in the room, but nothing else happened or came into view other than the sleeping child. He scanned the screen for a few more minutes, unsure of what he had seen. In the end, Jaden chalked it up to tiredness and decided it was really time to try to sleep. The next night, when he was logged into the feed, he immediately caught another glimpse of the creature on the screen. It was crawling up the wall right next to the crib. In a panic, he called his sister to alert her that something was in the baby's room. It quickly vanished up the wall and off the screen seconds before his brother-in-law charged into the room. He searched the nursery from top to bottom, but there was no sign of an intruder. It was clear Jaden had annoyed the exhausted new parents with the call, but to save face, he told them he thought it was probably a mouse and in their sleep-deprived state, they believed him. He knew his best chance was to catch the creature in the act, so he stayed up all night staring at the screen. He was prepared to take a screenshot. However, after several sleepless nights of nothing, Jaden began to question his own sanity. He was exhausted after hours of watching the feed, but he wouldn't give up. One night at four o'clock in the morning, he finally saw it again. He repeatedly called his sister, but after being sent to voicemail three times, he gave up. He watched in horror as the torso of the thing opened up and a slimy worm dropped onto the baby's chest, causing the infant to wake up. The newborn screamed and the worm slithered inside his mouth. And with that, the creature disappeared. It was only a moment later his sister charged into the room. She must have heard the baby's cries. She rocked her child close until he fell back asleep, unaware of what had disturbed him. Because of the events that night, Jaden believed he had failed to protect his nephew and he fell into a deep depression. He couldn't sleep and he would lay in bed all day and night. He stopped attending classes and after failing out of school, he moved back in with his family. He tried to repress his memories of that day. They seemed like a distant childhood nightmare. It wasn't until he was left to babysit his nephew that he felt a small warm slither underneath the baby's skin, that the terrible memories came flooding back in. He put his nephew back into the crib. He could barely look at him, let alone touch him. Jaden posted his nephew's story online, begging for anyone to let him know what he should do next. Has anyone else had this experience before, he asked. He knew the boy, this thing was no longer his sister's child. He believed he had to kill what used to be his nephew. He couldn't let the imposter grow to be any bigger. His post asked for suggestions. He needed help choosing what would be the best method for removing his former nephew from the picture. While on their date night, his sister and brother-in-law checked in on the camera feed. All they could do was look in horror as Jaden took fate into his own hands. Now, there was no more monster masquerading as his nephew.
This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>